Hey guys, the last time we were together, we were talking about the pursuit of holiness. Talking about why holiness matters, uh, talking about spiritual disciplines, and looking at following Jesus, getting out of our boats and, and walking with him towards something, pursuing uh, the life that he calls us to. As we continue and we enter week three in the exercises, and we consider our disciplines and how, how we engage with God, pursue holiness, and, and look to this, then the, sh- the focus begins to shift. Jesus has called us out of our boats. Uh, he's walked in front of us, and we've followed him through his life and his ministry. And now, as we come to the end of the life, uh, the earthly life of Jesus, we, we see these major moments that shape the story of um, the passion. We, we see these major moments that shape and characterize the life of Jesus in his sacrifice on our behalf. And that's what we're considering this week. And so we, we look at and we spend time considering the Passover meal and communion. We look at and we consider the agony he experiences in the Garden of Gethsemane. We look at and we consider deeply the crucifixion. We, we consider his trial, the betrayal of Peter. We, we look at these major incidents in the life of Jesus. And we, rightly so, we should look at those major incidents in the life of Jesus. There is something, however, about what Jesus has done that leads to those major moments in the story. I think every one of those major moments in the story has something Jesus has already done. He's either doing it right now as it leads up to it in in the last week of his life, or he's done it way before in the life he's lived and in his ministry that's brought him to this sort of pinnacle moment. But Jesus has prepared his disciples, himself. There's There's a preparation that has gone in to what's going to be experienced and encountered to what's going to be exemplified and demonstrated, to what's going to be accomplished in the last few moments of the life of Jesus. Jesus has come to this moment and he needs preparations for the Passover meal with his disciples. Mark 14, 12 through 16 tells us, And on the first day of unleavened bread, when they sacrificed Passover lamb, his disciples said to him, where will you go? Or where where will you have us go and prepare for you to eat Passover? He sent two of his disciples and he said to them, go into the city and a man carrying a jar of water will meet you. Follow him and wherever he enters, say to the master of the house, the teacher says, where's my guest room that I may eat the Passover with my disciples? He will show you a large upper room furnished and ready there. Prepare for us. And the disciples set out and went to the city and found it just as he had told them. And they prepared the Passover. As he's nearing the hour of his death, Jesus shared his last Passover meal with his disciples. He instituted and gave us the gift that we call communion or the Eucharist. At his last meal, he provided us with our enduring memorial meal. In the place of the Passover lamb, we now celebrate the lamb of God who takes up the sin of the world. We remember his sacrifice on our behalf. Every time we participate in this meal, he 
provided us with something. When we read the story, I think it's easy for us to focus on the moments of the meal proper. And that's okay, we should focus on the moments of the meal proper. We should focus on communion and the Eucharist and what Jesus has provided us. However, I think what's starting to strike me most as I work through the exercises, and I think about the night that Jesus has planned with his disciples for his last supper, there's a lot of preparation that's been done beforehand. Jesus sent two of his disciples to prepare for the meal. And and they met someone who's already prepared the upper room and the places. It's all done and ready beforehand. Two of the disciples are sent to prepare. But a man is already prepared for them and they're preparing. As we approach our spiritual life and the disciplines, as we approach the exercises, as we consider the last week of Jesus' life, we walk obediently as the disciples did. We follow him. But we do have to remember very, very keenly that God has prepared in advance for us in his sovereignty and love. God God is not just throwing us together willy-nilly. There is preparation on our behalf. And sometimes it means that people and things and exercises or disciplines are prepared and ready. God has prepared a space for us to meet with him. The guest room is ready for us to come and share a meal with our heavenly father. And in some sense, that guest room prepared for us is prayer. Fasting, perhaps. There was a man and a house prepared and ready. There was a dinner for them to share. Nothing takes God by surprise. This is a core confession of our theology as Christians. God is sovereign. He's in control. The single authority over the course of all history. Now, not everything happens as God would wish it. Just look no further than Genesis chapter 3 or the crucifixion of Jesus, for that matter. But nothing is ever outside of his redeeming work or beyond the control of his will. God has prepared for us. We have a place at the table with our king, often way too busy or distracted to come to that table, to sit down and eat a meal with our Father in heaven. But he has a place ready for us. He's prepared the banquet and he welcomes us as his children and I think this is the focus that I I want to have as I go through this week looking at this week of the life of Jesus when the disciples followed Jesus directions they found everything as he had told them he told them that they would enter the city and find a man carrying a water jar and they did and the house was prepared just like he told them it would be Walking in the spiritual disciplines is a lot like walking into the city of Jerusalem looking for the man with the water jar. These are moments where we enter a space preparing to meet with the God of the universe. And we're looking for the man with the water jar to bring us into that place and that presence. And I think for us, that man with the water jar 
is the spiritual disciplines. See, we're called to follow Christ wherever he leads and commands us. Listen to his voice and instructions. Understand he's prepared for us well in advance of our arrival. We will find all just as he told us. If or when we will follow him obediently. When we are open to what he's prepared for us. As we practice the life of spiritual disciplines and the exercises this particular week, we, we, we pay attention to what's going on in this week of the life of Jesus. We find that sitting down to table with someone creates moments of intimacy and transparency that can be life-changing. Sitting down to the table of communion should be something that's intimate and transformational for us. It's a place prepared in advance for us to sit down to table with Jesus. There is no better person to share a meal with than Christ our King. In this passage from the Gospel of Mark, we see that the sovereign hand of God was present in preparing for us And it's present in the response of obedient followers of Jesus Christ in joining him at the table he calls us to. We also see amazing clarity in understanding God's provision. He told his disciples that they would find a man carrying a water jar. And this man would at least lead them to the house of the host of the Passover meal. For us, it doesn't seem like, perhaps, that that provides a whole lot of clarity. Go into the city and you'll find a man with a jar of water. And he'll take you where you're going. However, a man carrying a water jar in Jerusalem would have been a rather unique occurrence, fairly quickly and easily recognizable in the context of the Jerusalem of Jesus' day. What have stuck out wasn't typical to see what they saw. It happened, but not often. Christ has called us to follow him, and we've submitted our lives to that. But I think often we forget how much he's paved the road for us to walk. He's prepared a place for us, made clear the road ahead. He did it in the Last Supper. We may not be able to see what he's doing or what he has done or what he will do, but that lack of vision on our part does not mean a lack of preparedness on God's part. The table is set, the house is in order, and the meal is ready for us to share. Our task is to walk with him to the table, sit down to his meal. Spiritual disciplines are a way in which we see the clear path he's carved out because it's a place where we get intentional about time with the Lord. In all he did, from calling us to follow him to his redeeming death on the cross, he prepared a way that makes clear who he is and what he is doing. As we follow him through the Last Supper toward the cross, we see that he's prepared a house for us to share the dinner. He's prepared a place for the disciples to go and pray, and it's a beautiful garden space. He's prepared for the denial of Peter. He's even told Peter what's going to transpire. He's prepared for the betrayal in the garden. He's prepared for his trial, and ultimately he's prepared for his crucifixion. 
Look at his responses and look at his lead-ins to each of these significant moments at the last week of his life. You see, we get so focused and wrapped up in the major movements of the story in this week of his life that we forget the little things that prepared for those major moments, like a man carrying a jar of water in the city of Jerusalem who has a house with a guest room that's ready and prepared for the disciples and for Jesus to come to the table and to sit down to a meal. Like a space in the Garden of Gethsemane for his disciples to pray while he goes and prays and spends time with the Father. You see, as we follow him from the Last Supper toward the cross, as we pay attention to the last week and the last moments of his life, my prayer is that we have open eyes to see how he's prepared and made a way for us because he has. Our spiritual disciplines focus and our time and the exercises over these weeks, they're, they're not unprepared for by the God who calls us to them in meeting with him. He's prepared a space for us. The question for us is will we join him and how will we join him? Fully attentive to what he's calling us to do, listening to what he's teaching us and and leading us toward, paying attention to what's most important to him? Or are we still coming with our agenda? Are we still doing most of the talking? This week, I hope that we take a step back and we listen to the moments where he's prepared something for us. We pay attention to how he's prepared it and why he's prepared it. And we have listening ears to hear what he says to us. Until next time.